Um, okay, we're up to the Chav Ches Amid Aleph. Um, we're five lines into the page by Tashima. Let me just review what we're talking about. We're in, it's interesting, Shaila, again, the parameters of it, we're not, that, that's more from the Rishonim. But the Shaila is, is a person allowed to take the law into his own hands? So if let's say you, you see that someone is doing something like illegal and it's uh, affecting you, so can you, uh, can you, listen, you, they took something, can you go into their backyard and, and grab it from them? So we said it's a machlaikas, but we said everyone agrees if I'm having a financial loss, so if you're taking a bat and breaking my car, everyone agrees I don't have to call Bezdin or call the cops, I can take care of it. That's lakuliyam lachaldeis. The machlaikas is if there is no financial loss to me, but you're doing something that's, that's wrong and that is affecting me, but it's not a financial loss, so can I take the law into my own hands, or do I have to go through Bezin? That was a machlekes. So the first Amid, what we're going to do is going to find many examples of people either taking the law into their own hands, it's a riot, it's allowed, not taking the law into their law hands, you see it's not allowed. So let's start. Tashimah. If one ox climbs on top of the other ox in a fight, so your ox, ox A, is on top of ox B, trying to kill it. So what's the halacha? And you grab your ox, which is under ox, your ox A is on top of ox B. So you just grab your ox, which is ox B, and you pull it out, causing ox A to fall. And then the v'nafal el yoyin umes, and ox A falls and dies. So what's the halacha? Does the one who pulled the lower ox, is he chayiv to pay for it? Again, ox A is on top of ox B fighting. So ox, the owner of ox B pulls ox B from under ox A. Ox A falls down. The halacha is, you don't have to pay. Potter. Now here's the question. Now this is a raya of taking the law into your own hands. Because instead of calling the police, instead of calling Bezdin, you got involved. You pulled away your ox, causing the other ox to fall and die. So the Gemara perceives this as a raya, that taking your law into your own hands. Even though to me it's like, that's, that's what you would do. But... But but the point is, being matzal your own animal, causing another animal to die in the form of Hatzal of yours. So the Gemara says that it's a riot. All right, yeah, yeah. That's, okay, there you go. You feel like you accomplished something, Gavin, didn't you? So the point is like this. So the, this is a raya of saving, of putting, of taking the law into your own hands. Now here's the question. We I said before, if you're getting a financial loss, lekuli alma, you're allowed to. The machlekes is only if there is no financial loss. So here's the situation. Ox A is on top of Ox B. Ox A is on top of Ox B. We have a long daf. I gotta, we got we to gotta move. Ox A is on top of Ox B. And I am pulling Ox B from under Ox A. That is me taking the law into my own hands. The question is, am I having a financial loss? You'll say, well, well the animal's about to kill my animal. But it's not a financial loss because I'll go to court. I'll get my money back. If it's a mood. You see, if it's a tom... If the other ox is a tom and it's killing it, I'm only going to get half damages, so that's a financial loss. So understand, if it's a tom, it's lekuliyama allowed. If it's a muid, it's a machloikas. So the question is, what is the case? So the, this is a raya that you're taking the law into your own hands and you don't have to pay for it. So my lav, the muid, it must be that it's a muid, delekup said again. If it's a tom, it's lekuliyama allowed because I'm getting a financial loss. Again, what's my alternatives right now? I could allow the other animal to kill my animal and go to court. Now, if it's a tom, I'm losing money. So, Oh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're screaming. It's a tom. It's a tom. Whatever. The point is, if, if it's a tom, so if it's a tom, then it's lekuliyama allowed, and it's not a riot to our discussion. 
if it's a muid, it's a machloikas. Because if it's a muid, I'm not going to have a financial loss because I'll get my money back. Because a muid, you get your money back always. It doesn't matter of the damage, you get the full value back because there's no cap. So, yeah, that the Gemara doesn't, but we're talking about like in court losses. So the point is like this I'm getting involved, I'm allowed to get involved. So is this a raya? So if this is a tam, it's Lakuliyama allowed, not a raya. If it's a muid, it's a raya that you're allowed a dina out of a dina dinavshe. So the Gemara says, My lab, the muid, the lekapseda, are we not referring to a muid? And this is a raya to the view that you're allowed to put the law into your own hands. And the answer is, Loy, bitam, dikapseda. The answer is, No, we're talking about a tam, meaning. If this was a muid, maybe it wouldn't be allowed because there's no financial loss. But this is a tam, and the reason you're allowed to is the kuliyama. You're going to get a financial loss. The Gemara says. So, so this means that if. What, just because he's. He has some financial loss. What's the financial why? loss? What's the financial loss if it's a muid? There's no financial loss. I'll get all my money back. That's what I'm saying. There's no financial loss. Ihachi, wait a minute. So you're telling me that it's the reason why you're allowed to get involved is because there's a financial loss and it's a time. Then what's the end of the brace? The end of the brace says, instead of pulling my animal out, again, animal A is on top of animal B trying to kill it. I'm the owner of animal B. I pull my animal out. I'm allowed to do that, and now you're saying it's a tam because there's a financial loss. What is the end of the brace? Instead of pulling my animal out, I shove his animal off and killing his animal. So that, the Gemara says, I have to pay. Why? I don't understand. In both cases, I'm taking the law into my own hands. One case, I'm pulling my animal out from under his animal. That, I'm allowed, because it's a tom and it's a financial loss. But in that very same case, if I push the animal off, instead of taking my animal out of the way and his animal dies naturally by falling, I push his animal off the cliff and his animal dies. That I have to pay for. What's the difference? If it's a tam, it should be mutter in both cases. So the other answer says, You see from here, because I could have killed, I could have saved my animal without be a daim touching his animal, I have to do that. Meaning, even if you hold that you're allowed to take the law into your own hands, you have to do it in a way that limits your damaging of the other animal. So if you have two choices, you could pull your animal out and then let the other animal fall and die, or I could push his animal off a cliff, I'm obligated to pull my animal out, even though in both cases the other animal's going to die. One is be a daim, and one is not be a daim. So even if you hold your allowed to get the law in your own hands, you still cannot do damage to his be a daim if there's an alternative available. Okay. Weiter. So let's say you fill my backyard with barrels of wine. So you take your, you take your barrels and put it in my backyard without permission. What's the halacha? I'm allowed to go and break those barrels. Wait a minute. That's an example of me taking the long into my own hands. Right? It's not like, uh, uh, listen, if, if you told me I'm only allowed to do it when there's a financial loss, then I shouldn't be able to just take a hammer. It sounds like from this, I could just go from barrel to barrel, and I tell the guy, get it out in five minutes. No? Break, 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 break. That's a riot that you're allowed to take the law into your own hands. So the Gemara says, no. You're not allowed to just break things indiscriminately. You're only allowed to break things if you need access. Meaning, let's say there's 50 barrels in my backyard. I need to get my body and my car in. I need to break two barrels. I'm only allowed to break two barrels. The rest, I have to go to court. The reason why I'm allowed to break those two barrels is because preventing me from going into my own house is considered a loss. I'm losing access to my property. So I'm allowed to break the two barrels that I need. 
To break the 48, not allowed. That you have to go to Bezdin for. So when the Brysa says you could break, it doesn't mean you could break everything because that's taking the law into your own hands. You're only allowed to break the things you need to get into your house in order to get your keys, in order to drive out to go to court. That's what you're allowed to do. Tashima, let's go another one. So this is a halacha. The halacha is like this. If you have a Jewish slave, we know that he's supposed to leave after six years. But let's say he decides to stay. It's not the best thing in the world. You give him an ear piercing. He stays till Yoivel. Let's say the guy doesn't want to leave at Yoivel. He's got to leave. So you tell the guy, get out. No, I like it here. Get out. I like it here. And eventually you punch him in the face to get him out of your property. The halacha is you are not obligated to pay for that damage that you did. Oh, so that's the question. It's a pasuk. But why? It must be because you're allowed to take the law into your own hands. So the Gemara says, Let's say you have someone who had a piercing. So he's been a slave for you for 30 years. And it's his time to leave because it's Yoivel. And the owner's trying to get him out of the house. And, and doing so, the only way to get him out of the house is you shoved him out of the house, you threw him. And he he hurt himself. The halach is potter. You don't have to pay for this. Why? Because the pasuk says, Loisikhu kaifer lashuv, when you're meaning you don't have to pay lashav when you're trying to get the guy to leave your house. So what? Why? Because you're taking the law into your own hands, so that you see that it's allowed. Oh, so now, so the Gemara, the Gemara understands that this pasuk is not necessarily the exception; it's explaining the rule. You're allowed to because you're allowed to do this. The Torah is giving you permission to sort of go ahead. So the question is, why is this allowed? Again, if there's a financial loss to you, everyone agrees that it's allowed. The machlaik is when there's no financial loss. What financial loss is there if there's a slave sitting in my corner? What, what financial loss is there? You know what the answer is? The case is that he's stealing from me. That's why you're allowed to kick him out. Because he's stealing from you, it's a financial loss. So here's the question. So you tell me, I had this slave for 30 years. And all of a sudden, it's been, Yoiva was last week. Now for the last week, he starts stealing. That's, the, that, that's a strange coincidence, no? Like, all of a sudden, he's stealing. He hasn't been stealing for the first 30 years because you've kept him for the first 30 years. All of a sudden, the last, last week, he starts to steal, isn't it? Well, so the Gemara says, <laughs> Yeah, the answer is yes. Up to that point, he was a slave. Once a slave goes free, he's just sitting there in the corner, you know, drinking and smoking all day. Yeah, he starts to steal. That's the point. You're allowed to kick him out. So the first shot is you're allowed to kick him out because, not because you're allowed to take law into your own hands. Generally, it's because he's stealing from you. A second shot. Very interesting. He's saying the reason why you're allowed to kick him out is not because you're allowed to take the law into your own hands. I'll tell you why. The case is you gave him a non-Jewish slave woman. Now the halach is that while he's a slave, he's allowed to mate with a non-Jewish slave woman. The second he's free, he's got to stop. So the case is he's got this non-Jewish slave woman he goes free. In addition for him not leaving your house, you said, listen, you're not allowed to be with that woman. She's not Jewish to you. You're free. You're a full Jew now. And he's like, no, I don't care. You hit him. You're beating him not just to kick him out of the house. You're beating him to stop him from doing an Avera. That the, that the Gemara says is allowed. Because that's not just doing it for yourself. It's doing it for him. And therefore, that's considered not a great example as to other cases where you're taking the law into your own hands purely for your own benefit. Let's keep going. Toshima. So this is our brisa, our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, let's say I put a barrel in Rosh Hashanah and you're walking and you trip over it and you break. What's the halacha? You don't have to pay for it because why am I putting a barrel in the public property? So if you, I put the barrel in public property and you trip over and break, you don't have to pay. The Gemara says we could deduce from this, you're only allowed, you don't have to pay because it was accidental, but let's say you broke it then you'd be chayiv. Why? 
Because you're saying, I'm taking the law into my own hands. What are you putting barrels in Rishus Arabim? You see from here, you could deduce from this that you're not allowed to actively break it. Now, if you remember yesterday, we said, according to one opinion, you could actively break it, and that's what we're going to deal with right now. Tashima, Hamaniyah Chasakad Rishus Arabim, I put a barrel in on Main Street. And someone else stumbles on it and breaks it. The person who broke it accidentally does not have to pay because it's my responsibility not to put a barrel on Main Street. It says the Gemara, the implication is that the reason why you don't have to pay is because it was an accidental breaking. But let's say you took a hammer and you said, don't leave your stuff on Main Street and you broke it. Why? You're taking the law into your own hands. It must be. You're not allowed to take the law into your own hands. So the Gemara says, no. If you remember, we had this yesterday. Really, you're allowed to break it actively with your hands. You are allowed to. So why does the Mishnah say accidental? Because the second part of the Mishnah, what is the second part of the Mishnah? If I stumble over it, I break it, I don't have to pay. Let's say I hurt myself, you have to pay, right? If let's say I break it, I, you put your barrel there and I, I step over and I break it, I don't have to pay for it. But let's say while I break it, the shard tears my clothing and cuts my skin, whatever, you have to pay for that. That's only true if it was accidental. If I take a hammer and I break it, while well, I'm allowed to do that because I'm allowed to take the law into my own hands, if I hurt myself while doing it, you, can't, you don't have to pay for that. Because I could say to the guy, listen, I'm not paying for your medical expenses if you hurt yourself. I understand you have the right to break the barrel. You have the right to take the law into your own hands. But I'm not paying for it if you hurt yourself while doing so. So the reason why the Mishnah picked a case of tripping is not because you're not allowed to break it. You are allowed to break it actively. But the end of the Mishnah won't work in that case because if you actively break it, I'm not paying for your medical expenses. So the Mishnah picked the case of tripping and breaking it accidentally, not to say that if you break it be a daim, you're going to be chayiv. It's just because it won't fit in the end of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah wanted to pick a case of accidental breakage. But the truth is, you are allowed to actively break it be a daim. And the Mishnah just didn't write that because it wouldn't work in the end of the Mishnah. But you are allowed to break it be a dime because you're allowed to take law into your own hands. So why does the Mishnah say stumbling if you're actually allowed to actively break it? I did the Kabbalah Mishnah Sefer because that works in the end of the Mishnah. Because the Mishnah says at the end, Because breaking it be a dime will not work in the end of the Mishnah. Because the end of the Mishnah is, if I hurt myself on the barrel, the owner of the barrel has to pay. Not if you actively broke it. If you actively break a barrel and you're too aggressive and you hurt yourself, I'm not paying for that. that that's on you. Okay. Tashima, another case. The, the, the Pasuk says that if a woman, uh, two men are fighting, it's a Pasuk, two men are fighting, and the wife is scared, she, she, she wants to break up the fight, and she grabs a, 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 the, the, one of the men in a Mokim Erva, causing him embarrassment, Allah, she has to pay for the Busha. That's the source of paying for Busha as one of the payments. The Pasuk says, V'katsai says, Kapo, you shall cut off her hand. Now, obviously, we're not part of that religion that we're fighting. They don't actually cut off the hand. It means mamet. It means you pay, you pay. She'll, she'll uh, you know, the financial element of her hand, she has to lose. She has to sever the money that her hand uh, did that action. So, mamet. My love, Now, here's the question. She has to pay for this. Now, let me ask you a question. Why isn't this a case where a woman is taking the law into her own hands? Her husbands are fighting. She's afraid the other guy is going to beat up her husband. So she grabs the guy. Okay, why is she paying? I don't understand. She, 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 she took the law into her own hands. I thought according to one opinion, you're allowed to do this. The very fact that the Pasuk says you have to pay for the embarrassment, you're not allowed to do this. So the Gemara says, My love, it seems to be that this is the only way for her to save her husband. So she took the law into her own hands. Listen, as we're going to see, 
The whole Shaila, I'll give an example, okay? I just, this is like a Dover Poshet, I just wanted to clarify. There's a Shaila of whether you could take the law into your own hands, okay? So let's say one of the ways to take, there's a guy putting parks behind your house, one of the ways to take the law into your own hands is you put a very finely written note and you put it in there. Let's say he doesn't get that. Okay, so maybe, God forbid, you feel the only way to do it is you pop the tires. That's our discussion. Right? That's our discussion. But let's say instead of popping the tires, which you know will be effective, you decide, I'm just going to destroy his car. And you just take like you just take a bat and just beat the daylights out of the car. No one would say that's allowed. The whole shaila of taking the law into your own hands is if you're doing the minimum amount that if there's a way to avoid it. My point is like this, just to make it clear. So our discussion is a woman grab the other guy. We assume this is the only way to stop the fight. If it's the only way to stop the fight, then it's taking her law into her own hands. So why is she paying? So the Gemara says... Yeah, exactly. No, the case is she could have avoided this, meaning they could have been spoken to and the fight could have been stopped not in that way. And therefore, by her grabbing that man, that is not taking the law into your own hands. That is doing something as the guy that's that's doing something extra. And because it's extra, it's not allowed. Meaning, if it was the only way to stop the fight. She could have saved her husband in another way. Meaning, no, loy, no, kama. She could have saved in another way. Meaning, she could have stopped this fight in another way. So because she didn't, she didn't stop. She didn't stop the fight in another way. She has to pay. Meaning, so going back to this discussion, when the pasuk says that the woman has to pay, right now we're saying, right before this discussion, it just seems like she always has to pay. Now it's not so passion. She only has to pay. If, if there was a, another way to stop the fight. If there was no other way to stop the fight, then, then if there's no other way, then she won't have to pay according to this opinion because she... tried the other way. Oh, that, that's fine. Then she won't have to pay. We're saying that there are two methods in front of her. She could have stopped it with A. She chose to go with B, which was a more humiliating approach. She has to pay. So according to this, when a woman... So if, if, so here's the deal. And this you'll see to the next, the flow of the next Gemara. That would mean that when you're describing the halachas of a woman paying in this situation, it's not so posh. It's not just clear-cut as yes or no. Here's the story. You'd say, well, if she could stop it in another way, she has to pay. But if she can't stop it, if this is the only method of stopping the fight, then she doesn't have to pay. Here's the question. The question is, the end of that brysa has another... The, the, the brysa wants to find a split. It wants to find a case where sometimes you pay, sometimes you don't. And it doesn't choose this. So here's the question. You tell me that there are some situations where she doesn't have to pay. So here's the question. Look at the end of that b'risa. What does the end of the b'risa say? The end of the b'risa says, that, again, this premise is a woman embarrassing the man. Now it happens to be in this form, but this is the source of all forms of embarrassment. If you embarrass someone, you have to pay. The end of the b'risa wants to tell you there are some cases where you don't have to pay. What's the example the b'risa gives? What if you embarrass someone by Bezdin, by, through Bezdin? Meaning, Bezdin says, not obviously a woman grabbing someone, but but let's say Bezdin says, listen, you gotta go, uh, you gotta go serve this guy papers. Okay, the only time that he's available for serving papers is when he's walking up to get an aliyah on Yom Kippur. Okay, so you hand it to him. It's very embarrassing. What's the halacha? You don't have to pay because you're not embarrassing him on your own volition, you're as a shliach of Bezdin. That's the price. It's not for now. But the question is like this. If the price is just interested in finding a scenario where we don't have to pay for humiliation, stick with the woman case and just say, 
there is a situation where the woman doesn't have to pay, and that is there was no other way to stop the fight. Why does the Brisa go into a whole Shliach Bezdin case? Just stick with this. See, here's the question. So why are you going on to this, deviating to this case of Shliach Bez and just stick with the woman and just say this, if a woman grabs someone, like the posuk, the biblical case, so if there was another way to stop the fight, she's chayiv, no other way to stop the fight, Potter, just stick with that. Why are you going on to Bezdin? So you know what the answer is? Good, do that. Change the brisa. Rewrite it. The answer is, you're right, go, go, do, do that. Change the brisa, and this is what the brisa says. That's what the brisa means. If she could save in any other way, then she's high. But if she can't, it's like she's a shliach of bezdin that she has no other recourse, and then she's potter. Fine, let's keep going. Tashima. Yeah. But we have a proof here. Why don't we just stop here? I, I don't understand. Because you know? that's always what we do. If there's a way, you're right. You could stop here, or I could I could rewrite the Bryce to make it work. Yeah. No, no, because we just changed the Bryce and made it not conclusive. I'm saying that's the point. We're we're playing this ping pong game. That's that's uh yeah. We're gonna well we're not done yet. Okay, now this is very interesting. Okay, this is a. Uh, Okay. okay, here's the case. The case is I have a field. Now, in my field, there is a path that the Rabbim use. Now, this could be because the Rabbim, like uh, by Lisker's house, where the path cuts through. Now, this could be one of two ways. Either it was my path and I gave it to the Rabbim, I donated it, so it's theirs now, or I bought the house, it was, it was already, like, I didn't buy that path. When I bought the house, it wasn't included in the path. But, but Kitzar Amaisa, I have a path that cuts through my field. Here's what I want to do. I want to just transfer that path. I want to give the public a path, but instead of path A, I want to give them a path B, which is the side of my field. That's what I want to do. What's the halacha? Let's say you have a, you have a path that cuts through your field, and you don't like that. So you say to the public, you say, listen, I'm going to take path A back. I'm going to give you path B. You know what the halacha is? Path B is no longer yours. But you don't get path A either. So you, you lost out on both. Path A was running through his field. It's been running through his field for 10 years. He decides, you know what, listen, I'll give them path B on the side of my field. I want path A back. The halacha is, path B is theirs, but he does not have path A either. He loses it. Now the question is why. So the Gemara assumes, you want to know why? It's not that he actually loses it halachically. It's just the people will continue walking through and there's no recourse. The Gemara understands right now, it's not that Chazal, like the way I read it, the way I said it, it sounds like you, you gave path A, path B, so that's theirs, and path A, Chazal say, it's not yours. Like, punishment from Chazal. The Gemara understands that, no, no. Really, I should get path A, and it really is mine, but I have no recourse because what am I supposed to do? Take the law into my own hands? Can't do that. And this is a raya, you can't take the law into your own hands. Oh, so the Gemara says, wait a minute, if a person is allowed to take the recourse, take the law into his own hands, and the Gemara assumes that path A really does go back to me, so if path A is mine, and the reason why the Brises says that I can't, I, that it's not mine is because I practically can't stop people, why not? If I could take the law into my own hands, let me take a, a bat and I'll sit by the bath, and every single time a guy comes through, I'll threaten to hit him. 
Why can't I do that? It must be you're not allowed to take the law into your own hands. And the Gemara says, no. You know what the case is? No. Your assumption that path A actually goes back to you, incorrect. Chazal do not allow you to take the path back. Why? Because they're afraid. So we assumed that, again, path A was the public's. I want to give them path B on the side of my road, and I want to take path A back. So we assume that that works, but practically it doesn't work because you can't stop people. The Gemara says, no, 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 no. It doesn't work. Meaning, path B is theirs, which we'll see why in a moment, but path A doesn't go back to you. Why not? Chazal do not allow you to take a path back because we're afraid like this. You know what's going to end up happening? Right now, it's very convenient for people. It's middle, it's Lisker, right? Lisker, I'm using his road. It's right through his property. It's super easy. It's super convenient. Connects you to Dovi's block. Easy. Beautiful. Here's the deal. Chazal were afraid that if you do this game, you know what's going to end up happening? Mishon will be like, not Mishon, whatever. He's a good guy. But someone like Mishon will be like, I'm taking this path back. Okay, so what are you giving us? Well, if you go through my basement, there's a cellar, and then if you walk up the stairs, knock on the door, it's like, we're a, Chazal didn't allow you to take the path back because they're afraid you're going to give them a, a cruddy path. The no, because that's, you're ripping off the public. Meaning, it's only, it would only, Chazal would be a, a comfortable with it if you would give them equal. The problem is, what's going to end up happening is people are not going to give people equal path. You're going to rip off the public. No, it wasn't. It was the public path. I told you. It was either because you gave it to them or when you bought the property, it was not yours. Either you gave it to them or you never bought the whole house. But the point is, that path was not practically yours for the last 10 years. It's not yours. So Chazal say you can't take it back. Why? Because you'll give them a crooked path. You're going to give them a good deal, and it's going to be rocky, uphill, downhill, far, and it's going to be annoying. That's why Chazal punished you. Now, here's the question, by the way, the question we have to deal with is that I understand why I can't take it back, but then why, why did I lose path B? Why can't I just tell the public, hey, guys, this is a bad idea. Okay, I get it. Why can't I have path B? We'll get to that in a second. Rav Shashi, a slight other answer. Rav Shashi says... Actually, you could trade, but this case specifically, he gave them a bad path. So it's not the Chazal punish you gezeira lest you give a bad path. In this case, he actually did give a bad path. That's why it doesn't work. Ravashi Omar, kol Ravashi says every path that you give them is not going to be good. Why? You, we're afraid of a crooked path. He says every path is crooked if you think about it. Right now it's the middle of the property. If I give a path, even if it's beautiful and it's serene and it has trees, for some people that's crooked because for some people that's way farther than what they've been accustomed to. Therefore, you have to just let it be. So here's the question. I understand. I have a path in the middle of my property, path A. Okay? I try to give them path B instead. So we're saying Chazal say it doesn't work. Path A will never get back to you because we're afraid you're going to rip off the public, whatever it is. So why can't I get Path B back? Why can't I just say, okay, guys, um, this is a bad idea. I just want, I want to do over, right? I'm not getting Path A, so why do I lose Path B? Stigmar says, Meshum Rav Yehuda, this is a teaching of Yehuda, Dhamma Rav Yehuda, Meitzar Shehechzik by Rabim Once a path is used by the public, can't go back. Meaning, once you gave it to them and they started using it, there's no such thing as like a mekach tois when you give something to the public. So if you give your backyard and you decide, I'm donating my backyard to the city of Queens, and, and then like they all start using and the kids are there, and it becomes blah, blah, blah. And then a week later, you're like, I, I undo. There's no undoing once the public takes something. This is not possible. So the case is, Path B was already being used by the public. So there's no undoing it. Let's just finish up with one last proof. We have an omit, but we'll do it fast. Okay, I have a field. I designate this side as Peah. Okay? I designate this side as Peah. But what ends up happening 
All the poor people decide to take that side. So I decided to leave the southeast corner, and they all take the southwest corner. So what happens to the southeast corner? What's the halacha? I would say, well, they took the peya. You only have to give one corner. They took southwest. I originally said, a, I put up a sign that said, the southeast corner is peya, free for aniyam. But instead of the aniyam taking southeast, they took my entire southwest corner. So what should be with the southeast? I should be able to take it back. What's the halacha? Zev You lose them both. They're both peya. Now, well, why, why do I lose them both? It must be... It's not that you lose it, it's that, what are you going to do? How are you going to stop people from taking it? There's a sign up that says that Southeast is free. So all the Aniyam eventually, after taking Southwest, they're going to go to Southeast. What are you going to do? Stop them? You can't take the law into your own hands. So it must be this approved. If a person could take the law into his own hands, then why do I lose the Southeast corner? Let me just take a bat and threaten all the, and chase away the poor people. So why can't I do that? It must be you're not allowed to take the law into your own hands. So the Gemara says, no. No, 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 no. You do get the southeast corner back. So why are you calling it peya? You know what the halacha is? When you're mafker a field, you don't have to separate meiser. So if I if I take something from hefker, I don't have to separate meiser from it. When I made the southeast corner peya, effectively what I did was I made it hefker. When all the poor people took southwest, right? I made the southeast corner paya. By doing that, I'm basically saying it's hefker for aniyam. It's, it's not mine anymore. When all the poor people took the southwest corner, that made the southeast corner something I could take back, right? Because I don't have to... No, but they took the southwest corner already, Paya. Oh, I made an announcement. They didn't listen to me. People are stupid. I don't know. I made the southeast corner. I put up a sign. Take from the southeast corner. It's Paya. But all the aniyam went to the southwest. So once they did that, you know what happens? But isn't Paya on each corner? No. I can choose as a field yeah. person. Yeah, one corner, one corner, one corner, one corner. Yeah, one corner, I believe. Yeah, it's one corner. So the point is, so the point is, no, so so, so when when he says the southeast corner is paya, it doesn't mean it's actually paya. You could take it back, but it means you were mafkarit, so you don't have to separate miser. So when it says that it's paya, it's not to hurt you, it's actually to help you. It's just saying, it's yours because you're allowed to take it back, and there's not a proof, it's not related to whether a person could take the law into his own hands. He's just saying it's paya, meaning you don't have to separate Meiser, because it was Hefker at one point, and you were acquired from Hefker, and it's part of from Meiser. The Gemara says, Gedetanya, Hamafker is karma. If you make your entire vineyard ownerless, the Ishkin Baboker Batsu, and then you acquire it back, Chayib Beperid Ba'ilis Mshichu Paya, you're Chayib and all those things, Upotter Mena Meiser, be a Potter from Meiser. So, because once you're Mafker, you're Potter from Meiser. Okay. No conclusion. Vaiter in the Gemara. It will, it will not take that long. Ten minutes will be done. Nishbara Kade Bishisarabim. Okay. I broke a pitcher of water in Rishisarabim. And another person slipped on the water. Or injured himself on the broken barrel. Chayev, I am obligated to pay for the damage. So if I leave, if I break a barrel of water in Rishisarabim and someone slips in it and hurts themselves, I have to pay for that damage. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Rav Yudah says it depends if you intend to break the barrel. If you intended to break the barrel, then you're Chayev. But if you didn't intend, you're Potter. The Gemara will deal with Rav Yehuda. We'll deal with it tomorrow because I'm not going to be able to finish it up. We'll do with it tomorrow. But let's just, the first shita. I broke a barrel of water in Rosh Hashanah and someone slipped and hurt themselves. I have to pay. That makes a lot of sense. It's pretty posh. Now here's the deal to remember. Rav's opinion is, Rav and Shmuel argue, but Rav's opinion later on in the Masechta is that when a person hurts themselves in the bar or an animal dies in a bar, you're not actually paying for the damage of hitting the ground because the ground's not yours. That belongs to God. It's the smoke and the fog and the 
the fumes of a bar that you're paying for. That's Rav's opinion, which we'll deal with later on. According to Rav, the ground is never something I'm responsible for because it's a ground. I, I don't care. I made a hole. It's not responsible. So why am I chayev if someone slipped on water? It must be, according to Rav, it's not that they hurt themselves on the floor because I don't have to pay for that. It's that they dirty themselves in the muddy water. Meaning when a person hurts themselves, when a person damages themselves, they slipped in the mud and they, and, they, and, they, and they damage themselves or hurt themselves. Let's say they damage themselves. What's the case? It could be that they hurt their shoulder on the floor. Rav would never be, you're not responsible for what happens against the floor. The floor belongs to God. It's the muddy, muddy waters that ruin my suit that I have to pay for. That's Rav's opinion. Says the Gemara, When are you chayiv? When someone, when the water, the muddy waters ruin my suit. Go to the next page. But if you actually hurt yourself on the Ford Potter, because that's the ground that hurt you, not, 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 my, not, not what I did. I, I did the water, I didn't do the ground. So according to Rav, you're chayiv for ruining yourself in the water. Okay. Here's the issue. The issue is like this. The halacha is, so I, I take a barrel, the barrel breaks open, water spills on the floor, you slip, you ruin your suit in the water, I have to pay. Why? When you break your foot, you don't have to pay. Correct. But I have to pay for the water. Now why? You'll say. Which, which malacha is it? Which, which av is it? Bar. The problem is, you're not obligated to pay for damages of kalim in a bar. Bar is only for a damage of a person or death of an animal. You're not obligated, according to most Tanaim, you're not obligated to pay for... No, not in a bar. He'll die from the fumes. Point is, a bar, you're not obligated to pay for kalim in a bar, according to most Tanaim. So if the person slipped and ruined their suit, and I have to pay for the suit being ruined, because it's not hurting your shoulder, like I would have thought, because that's for the ground. You're paying for the ruined suit in the water. Now, why is the water? Water is bar. So why am I paying for it? So the Gemara says, They sold this in front of Shmuel, that the real chiv is not for hurting yourself, it's for ruining your suit in the water. So they told Shmuel, this is Amr Michti, wait, wait, wait. What is this water? It's a bar, right? It's Pasha Sabar. But don't we have a rule, you don't have to pay for Kalim in a bar. So why am I paying for a, rip, for a dirty suit? from Kalim in a bar. So why am I chayev? So Shmuel, by the way, Shmuel has no problem with saying that you hurt yourself on the ground. Rav is the one who has this new idea that I don't have to pay for damage from the ground. That's God. So Rav is forced to say, you muddied your suit. Shmuel's not bothered by it. Shmuel says, listen, you, hurt, you hit yourself on the ground. So Shmuel's not bothered by this. So Shmuel doesn't have to say it's a case where you ruined your suit. Shmuel could say very simply, the case of the mission is the guy slipped in the water and broke his shoulder. I have no idea. I don't, know, I don't know. These are not the halachas I'm, I'm working with. But the point is like this. So here's the kasha. So Shmuel has a good taina. Again, Rav, there's two options of how you hurt yourself in the Mishnah. You either ruined your suit, like Rav, or you hurt yourself, like Shmuel. Shmuel's no problem. It's bar. You hurt yourself. Beautiful. The problem is Rav. You ruined your suit. You have to pay for the suit, which is a kli. You're not chayiv for a kli in a bar. So this is what we had earlier in the Masechta. This is what we had earlier in the Masechta. Rav says that water is not a bar if you own it. Meaning, if you leave an item in Rosh Hashanah, if you're mafkarit, it's bar. But if you're not mafkarit, it's shar. So he says, Rav, the case is where I spilled the water, but I'm not mafkarit. I'm going to come back. My animals are going to drink it. I'm not mafkarit. Therefore, it's shar. You're chayiv for shar if you rip a kli. 
So that's why you're chayev for a suit being ruined because it's shor. Because it, it belongs to me. No, but why is he using the case of shor? Yeah. What do you mean? When I can't run, why not anything what? else? Shor, shor. Shor is all of it. Shor. Shor is the... Unusual fashion. Right? No, no. Shor is property that I own. It's under consider, It's under the category of shor. Really, it's an extension. Yes, it's an extension of shor. It's not a bar because I own it. Bar is ownerless. So Rav would tell you, so Rav and Shmuel argue in the following case, if you have an item that you left in Rishis Ravim, Shmuel will say it's always bar. Own it, don't own it, it's bar. Therefore, it can't be that you ruined your suit because you're not chayiv to pay for a bar with kalim. It must be you hurt yourself. Rav holds you can't be chayiv for hurting yourself. Therefore, it must be that you're chayiv for ruining the suit. I, it's a bar. Rav holds it's not bar. If you own it, it's shar. So the machlekes Rav and Shmuel is if you leave an item in Rishis Rabim and you own it, is it shar or is it bar? So what we're going to do is we'll end with this. It's a long brisa. A long brisa. We've done mamish four minutes. There's a long brisa, and the brisa basically contradicts itself from beginning to end. The beginning of the brisa implies that that uh, an item that you left is shar. The end of the brisa implies that it's a bar. So let's go through it like this. Masa Ravaishia. Ravaishia says, I have a problem with the following brisa. Vinafal shama sharachamar. The Pasuk says that if an ox or a dunksy falls into the pit, shar v'loy adam, right? If the ox dies, you have to pay, but not if a person. If a person dies, you don't have to pay in a pit because there's no kaifer on a pit. Chamar v'loy kalem. If the animal gets hurt, you have to pay, but not vessels. You do not have to pay for items that get damaged in a bar. Mikan amru. This is the source. Nafal techashar v'kalev nishtabru. If an ox... While if an ox falls in with kalim, you'll pay for the ox and not for the kalim, because there's no payment for kalim on a bar. Okay, so that's the pos- that's the brisa that if you have a pit and if an animal falls in, you have to pay for the animal, not for the kalim. Look at the words in the brisa. What is this pasuk of a pit comparable to? This pasuk is comparable to a case of me leaving uh, a knife or uh, an item in Rishisarab. Okay. It's opposite. What, the Pasuk is talking about a pit. And the Bryce says, you know what this Pasuk is like? This Pasuk is like if I left Kalim in Rosh Hashanah. What the Bryce is trying to say is that if you leave Kalim in Rosh Hashanah, it's like a bar. But it's saying it backwards. It's not that the Pasuk is like that. It's that is like the Pasuk, right? The Pasuk is the source material. And it's like, oh, that source material, that's like what happened last week. That's like when someone says, oh, I'm saying, uh, Rashi's saying like me. No, 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 no. You're saying, like Rashi, go back to the source material. So the Gemara has a quick point. Adarabah, ma doi mezel mi Okay, I'll change it like this. My doi melezel, this is what the Brisa means. If a person has a pit, and a person falls in the pit, you have to pay for the damages to the animal, but not for the kalim. What is the what is a similar concept to that? Avna sikina masayshin nicha b'shisaram v'ziko. If you leave a knife, or a burden, or a barrel, or a stone, in b'shisaravim, and someone gets hurt, that is a that you have to pay for it, that's a bar. By the way, stop right here. This part of the Brisa clearly states that an item that is left in Rosh Hashanah is a bar, not a shar like Rav, bar. Keep going though. Lefikach, then the Brisa says in the end, so right now we're saying that if you leave an item in Rosh Hashanah, it's a bar. The Brisa says, If I break my flask against a stone in Rosh Hashanah, so I trip and I break my flask against the stone, Chayiv. Wait a minute. You just got finished saying that a stone is bar. A bar doesn't have to pay for Caleb. So the first part of the Brisa says that if you leave your stone or Shusarab, it's a bar. 
A bar doesn't have to pay for kalim. Then it says, therefore, if you broke your flask on the stone, you have to pay. I thought you don't have to pay for kalim. So is the is it bar or is it not bar? Do you have to pay for kalim or not? So reisha kasha l'rav, seva kasha shmuel. The beginning part, it's not sound like rav, because the beginning part says that if you leave something rishis aram, it's bar. That's not like rav, who says that it's shar. And the end of the b'risa that says that if you break a tzluchis on an evan, you have to pay, that kind of sounds like rav, that it's shar. So is it shar or is it bar? It's a bit of a contradiction. So you know what the answer is? They both can reread the b'risa in their own way. Forget about Rav and Shmuel. The entire Bryce is kind of contradiction. Forget about forget about Rav and Shmuel in the two minutes. Uh, forget about Rav and Shmuel. It's a contradiction. The beginning of the Bryce says that if a person, if a keli falls into a bar, you're potter. But then the end of the Bryce says that if you break your flask on a stone, which is bar, you're chayiv. So the Bryce itself is a contradiction. So you know what? We got to add words to the Bryce. And once we're adding words to the Bryce, so we'll make it work according to Rav. We'll make it work according to Shmuel. says, Ella Rav Shmuel Both can read the b'risa in their own form. We'll finish this Gemara, and then one more quick Gemara, and then we'll done. Rav mitaretz l'tamei, Rav reads the b'risa this way. Again, according to Rav, it's, if it's ownerless, it's a bar. If it's owned by you, it's shar. So this is how he reads it. Ba'medvar morim kishef giro, when is an item that's left in Rosh Hashanah, a bar, and potter from Kalim, when you're mafkarid, avoloi hefkiro, but if you're not mafkarid, it's a shar and chayiv, lafikach, and that's the last case of the, case of the Brisa, where you fell on a stone. The stone was not ownerless. It's a case where I want that stone. It's my stone. And therefore it's Shar. Shmuel can read the opposite. Shmuel tarts it to me. Hashadam avna sakina masoy kibari dami. The Rav Yehuda de Mechaev on Izke Kalim Babar. Lafika chitiach sluchus be'evin chayev. Shmuel reads it this way. If you leave something in Rosh Hashanah, it's a bar. We said that if a kli breaks in a bar, you're potter. According to everyone except Rav Yehuda. So what the Brisa means like this, according to everyone it's Potter, but according to Rav Yehuda it's Chayiv, because he's Chayiv for Kalim in a bar. So according to him, if you break the flask on the thing, you'd be Chayiv. One last Gemara, Mamish, two minutes. Om Rav Lazar. We said that if I fell, my flask fell on the bar, you know what the truth is? Should we just do this tomorrow? Yeah. Let's do yeah. this tomorrow. We'll stop it. We'll stop it. We'll do it tomorrow. tomorrow. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to, I know tomorrow is going to be longer, but tomorrow is not laning, so we'll be able to start five minutes tomorrow earlier. Is-